Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. And good afternoon, everybody. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Optimum Golf because in the second hour of the show, we're going to be giving away a $100 gift certificate. What is that good for? That is good for one lesson. It is also good for two hours in their virtual bay. I've been to both locations. One is in the Rhino neighborhood. The other one is in the Park Hill neighborhood, and you're going to love going out there. Listen, the weather's going to eventually get bad. Yes, I'm playing golf twice this week, but the weather's nice. (laughs) But eventually, the weather is not going to be very good. So fine-tune your game at Optimum. Optimum Golf and make your tea time today at theoptimumgolf.com. How are you, Mace? I'm doing very well. Obviously, you're doing well with two golf rounds on Christmas week. Yeah. You playing Christmas Eve among them, December 24th, Friday? I'm playing on Friday because we don't have a show. Right. And I thought we were not going to have a show tomorrow. Right. Because of Colorado State basketball. As it turns out, they backed out of the tournament. I had made a tee time to play nine holes with a friend of mine, a guy that you know. I'm not going to mention his name on the air, but I'll tell you in the break because uh, I think a lot of people in town know who he is, and I don't want to sound like, hey, look who I'm playing with. But anyway, so we had uh, There nine- are some people in the market who like to name drop like that. I don't want to name drop because um, he'd probably be embarrassed to be with me in public. But anyway, um, so we were only going to play nine holes. And we were going to play from 11.30 to 1.30. Mm-hmm. And this will be the first time in my career Ooh. of 30 years that I've actually played golf on a work day. Because I just didn't want to cancel it. And I figured you could do all of the show notes and I could just show up for the show. I, well, I'm glad you're telling me this now. That's why I'm telling you this yeah. now. Live on so air. So I can actually plan. I wish you told me earlier. Why were you going to plan? Were you going to put together tomorrow's show notes today? No, but I'm just saying that I've already like I have things like filling in the course of the day, and now I need to. Mace, I know I need to parcel out more time. You know me well I enough know. to know that <laughs> when I tell you uh, I have a crazy busy day today, yes, and I'm going to need even more help on the show notes. Generally speaking, over fifty percent of the time, I give you full show notes the entire day anyway. I will have plenty of time to put some things together. I, I get off the course at 1.30. I should be at the station at 2.30. Really shouldn't be a problem. You'll, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. I think I'll be okay. Yeah. I'm pretty confident about that. Pretty, pretty, pretty confident like that. Like right. Larry with, David confident. With that, time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Go get some tonight in Denver, Centennial, Longmont, Lions, and Estes Park. Okay, base. Well, let's just go back to something that our friend Justin Simmons said before the game against the Bengals. Paraphrasing here, he basically said the game against Cincinnati was do or die. So if we're going to take Justin Simmons at his word, 
the Broncos are dead. Now, they aren't dead because if they win out three games in a row, it is my understanding, their percentages of making the playoffs jump up to 88%. And maybe even a little bit higher than that because I think that that's from the 538 uh, playoff calculator. With and that-, that doesn't account for the possibility of the Chiefs in Week 18 fielding a backup roster if they have clinched the number one seed. With that, Justin was asked yesterday about his comments last week. You know, I told you guys all week, it's a do-or-die situation for us in terms of getting into the postseason and setting us up fairly well with three games left in our division. Um, and we fell short. And it, and it and it's it's not a lack of uh, effort or, or want to or anything like that. We just... When it, and in the NFL in the fourth quarter, when you're in like, you know, one score games or, or whatever the case may be, the good teams find ways to win those games. And we didn't find a way to win, a, win that game today. And um, I think that's what hurts the most is uh, we played a really good Bengals team, man, and we, and we had a chance to win. And we just, we just couldn't get it done. Um, and so, like I've been saying all season long, culture-wise, that's up to the, that's up to the leaders. Um, and you can spend that, you know, whichever way you want to, but it's up to the leaders to find a way to help us win, it, win games like that. That's what it comes down to. No one cares about anything else but winning those games. I think Simmons is being a little hard on himself. I think he's a vocal leader. I think he's very well liked in that locker room. I think he plays his ass off when he's on the field. He's having another terrific season. I don't know what else he can personally do. When you look at yesterday's loss, it was a combination of a lot of things. The defense, let's get it out of the way. They were fantastic. Specifically, Bradley Chubb early. Baron Browning was terrific as well. Pat Sertan shut down Jamar Chase. The offense just could not get out of its own way. Uh, if I see one more jet sweep possibility out of Pat Shermer's offense in which there is no jet sweep, I don't know who the hell he thinks he's fooling. Vic Fangio botched it at the end of the first half with his game management. And oh, by the way, let's get this out of the way, Mace. If you believe Vic Fangio, and I have no reason to believe that he's lying, he said at the end of the game in which everybody was hammering him for that time, out he said that the referees told him they were going to throw 40 seconds back on the play clock and if that's the case it wouldn't have made a difference when he called that timeout Vic Fangio's had a lot of missteps with timeouts challenge flags game management but in that case if he's telling you the truth and I believe him that was not one of the cases Drew Locke gave them life but then Drew Locke became Drew Locke Teddy Bridgewater was awful there were a lot of problems at yesterday's game, not just one guy. There were a lot of problems, and most of them were not on the defensive side. I mean, this defense now, since the bye week, it's accounted for points allowed totals of 13, 16, 10, and 15. And three of those four games were against teams led by Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, and Joe Burrow. Defense is doing a job that's doing its job in... Tough circumstances playing yesterday without Draymond Jones. I mean, yesterday, the the secondary did so well, back to full health. He didn't hear a peep out of Jamar Chase. Biggest play he made was wiped out by a penalty. Finished with one catch for three yards. Pat Sertan, even though he was on the business end of that late 
Joe Burrow pass to Tyler Boyd that really kind of it didn't finish off the Broncos, but it made a comeback very unlikely you on know, third down. But aside from that, Pastor Tan was just was terrific. They made a mistake on defense. Boy, the defense really blew it. Everybody's allowed a mistake. And it was a big one. And they gave up a lot of big plays early on in the season. But well, they, to your point, yeah. they were far from being out of that game. Yeah, there are two mistakes on the defense that really cost them. One was, you know, on the field, and it was, of course, the 50, 60 yard touchdown. The second. They gave up seven points. Yeah. But the second mistake, this is actually on the sideline, and that is when the Bengals got the ball back with nine seconds left. They rushed three, and the Broncos rushed three and dropped eight. But they were playing, it was kind of the equivalent of a no-doubles defense that you'd see in baseball. The problem is they conceded too much. They underestimated the range that Evan McPherson would have. Even though McPherson came into the game 7 of 8 from 50-plus, and he was kicking at elevation, which we know adds a few yards to your range. That was less, that wasn't an on-field mistake. That was, frankly, that was probably a sideline call game management mistake. But I wouldn't put that on the guys on the field. You know why we are talking about two Mistakes from the defense? Because the offense leaves no margin for error? No, that's not why. Because those are the only two I can actually think of. There are so many on offense, I don't even know where to begin. Their mistakes were so limited that they're easy to point out. Mm -hmm. For the offense, I mean, where do you even begin from play calling to play design to Jerry Judy doesn't have a catch to Teddy Bridgewater, a bad throw before he gets knocked out. Drew Locke, a bad throw, and then the fumble. I mean, we'll talk about this later on in the show. You can make the case, why are you calling a run-pass option with Drew Locke down in the red zone? Well, you know what? Drew Locke's got some good wheels, but I'll just blow right through the T's on this. It's called run-pass option meaning you give the play to the quarterback, and the quarterback has the option. If he would have handed it to Javante Williams, which could have been part of the plan, maybe Javante Williams picks up a bunch of yards. I have no idea. But at the end of the day, Drew Locke made the wrong decision. He admitted that he made the wrong decision. Vic Fangio said he made the wrong decision. But to be honest with you, we don't need Locke or Fangio to tell us that. Is the season over especially considering I don't believe that Teddy Bridgewater is going to play on Sunday Vic Fangio made that very clear at his press conference today I'm not so sure he plays the rest of the season and quite frankly they should shut him down after two concussions one of them putting him in the hospital yeah and I think you mentioned the fact that it's his second concussion. Um, we'll talk more about this right. in the next segment but, I but, do, overall, but I, overall do you think the season's over it's not over, but it's on life support. That, believe it or not, if the Broncos win the next three games, they probably make the playoffs. Right. Now, a three-game winning streak against the Raiders, Chargers, and Chiefs may seem an impossibility on the surface, 
But the reason why you can't totally dismiss it, first of all, you kind of look at the offense. The offense is one week on, one week off, and it has been for a while. 17 against Washington, 30 against Dallas, 13 against Philly, 21 against L.A., 9 against the Chiefs, 38 against the Lions, and then 10 yesterday. You're placing a Raiders defense that is very bad right now, that has been struggling for a while. The Chargers game, we know for all of Vic Fangio's missteps as a head coach, he knows how to game plan Justin Herbert. And then Kansas City might have the number one seed clinched because the Titans and Patriots both lost over the weekend. And if the Chiefs are two games ahead with one to play, they're going to rest everybody in week in week 18. Is it a remote chance? Yes, because you're asking a very imperfect team to be 3-0. and But with that Chiefs game maybe not being as daunting as it might seem right now, with what Fangio schemes against the Chargers and the Raiders being what they are, believe it or not, it's not over yet. Coming up after the break, should the Broncos shut down Bridgewater for the rest of the season? And let's go back to something Vic Fangio said about John Harbaugh and the Ravens earlier this season. The Ravens, they just don't care about player safety. Well, we're about to find out if Vic Fangio does. That's next. Like a sumo, slamming that, sleeping your face in the grass. You know, I don't take a dulo lightly. Don't just tell us that they can't outright feel. Baby, they let me be. You love them, take me back. Put a chain around my neck. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman, Mason. Watch us, smileysports.com. You can reach us, Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. At Mace Denver, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Mighty Plumbing, Heating, and Air. They have an amazing offer right now. You can save up to nearly $5,300 on an exclusive Mighty and Rudd Heating and Air Replacement offer. You're also going to get 10-year parts and labor warranty, whole home air duct cleaning, whole home humidifier, five-year complete maintenance, and a smart thermostat, including installation. But that's not all. Mention you heard it on the show. You're going to get a seven-day vacation voucher to one of 4,500 incredible destinations. A buddy of mine, he took advantage of that offer, and he can't wait to go on his trip. I've worked with Mighty Plumbing, Heating, and Air myself. They installed an HVAC unit. Couldn't have been any happier, and their service was impeccable, and I have the best product out there called Rudd. Go to MightyPH.com. Time now for the buzz. The Buzz is presented by Mighty Plumbing and Heating. Why does Mighty Plumbing and Heating have over 600 five-star reviews? No one has better service, and they will meet or beat any written offer. Go to MightyPH.com. All right, Mace. Teddy Bridgewater was released from the hospital today. Uh, Word is, and this is what I heard from Mike Kliss, that he was not conscious, conscious until he got into the ambulance. That's how serious this was. I did see his thumb move when he was on the field, so I was encouraged we weren't dealing with something even more serious. Right. Okay. With that, two concussions this season, leg injury this season, went to the hospital because of one of those concussions. 
Does it make any sense for him to play the rest of the season? Frankly, because he's had two concussions, no, it doesn't. If they're really looking out for his health, I mean, he's going to go through the post-concussion protocol, which is pretty rigorous, but after a second concussion in two and a half months, caution is not only advisable, but encouraged in this case. You have to think about Teddy Bridgewater's long-term health more than his short-term health. Let's put something in perspective. When we use the word concussion, we all know what it means. Yeah. However, let's literally spell it out what it means. Instead of calling it a concussion, let's just call it a serious brain injury. Yeah. Because that's what it is, right? But when it's we say a, concussion, it's a brain it do- injury, yes. Right. It doesn't sound as bad when you say concussion. He suffered a serious brain injury that left him unconscious probably for roughly 10 minutes. Okay. Yeah. I understand that Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer are not crazy about Drew Locke. And after watching yesterday's game, it was essentially a microcosm of his career. He shows flashes. You're like, wow, he can throw the ball down the field. And then here comes a mistake. I put this out on Twitter yesterday. I don't know if you saw it, but I'll repeat it back to you. If Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke were like a date, and I'm not going to say a girl or a guy. So if you're a woman listening, let's just assume it's a guy and vice versa, or I don't care how you roll. You get what I'm saying. With that, one of those dates is boring, but there are enough good things in that date where you might consider going on a second date, right? That's Teddy Bridgewater. Drew Locke is the crazy date. (laughs) Exciting. You know, you're running across the street in your underwear because it's fun. We'll give you a great story to tell. There's a lot of adrenaline, but also you just never know when that date is going to blow up at a table in a crowded restaurant and embarrass the hell out of you. That's Drew Locke. It's exciting, and I get it, but you never know when crazy is going to show itself. And yesterday, we had kind of the full Drew Locke experience. In That's what I'm saying. He was a microcosm a of his whole career. He had some great throws. He, he threw the 50-50 ball to Tim Patrick that Patrick made a nice adjustment on when it came in short. That was that was a wide receiver catch, not it a was. great throw. Yeah, basically. There's no such thing a, as a back bi- shoulder there. A big difference between the statistical performances of Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke was that Tim Patrick made a great adjustment on the ball, right? And Cortland Sutton dropped a pass, right? That was right in his breadbasket. That should have been a touchdown from right. Teddy Bridgewater, right? So that happens sometimes, mm-hmm. and that's why I think it's always important to step back from just one game there, because there is a sentiment out there that oh, they got seven points with Drew Locke and three points with Teddy Bridgewater. Thus, Drew Locke is the better option. You have to step back and look at the broader sample size of the season and beyond. Drew Locke, just this season, is averaging one turnover every 4.8 possessions he's out there. We talk a lot about interceptions. Yeah. He fumbles the ball a lot. He doesn't, doesn't, doesn't lose it all the time, yeah. but he fumbles a lot. Yeah. He and Daniel Jones have the same malady. It's not just the interception rate, it's the fumble rate. Right. And yesterday, I mean, that one was a little different 
but because he basically he doesn't protect the ball, it's out there, and uh, and Kareem takes it from him. Right. Just basically, you can't really handle the ball any worse than Drew Locke did there. Right. Giving the defender that sort of opportunity. But yeah, it's everything that Drew Locke was was on display yesterday. The tantalizing throw that makes you, makes you think, wow, this kid's really got something. I'm not talking about the touchdown. I'm talking about some of the ones that he winged in there. The pat, he had that, There's that one pass to, to Okwebunam down the middle, and Albert O, I'm not even sure he saw the ball. Right. And it was, that was just perfect timing between two guys who've worked together for the better part of the last five years. And that, that's a great play. And it, 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 there was a lot of zip on that ball that, and so much zip that the defense couldn't react to it. But then you're also living with, you know, there's, you know, a near interception here. There's the fumble there. It's and that kind of high variance play is not something that's going to make him last very long with any coach, any team. We will talk more about this later on in the show. There's a chance Vic Fangio could save his job because the defense is playing so well. But the question is, as a head coach, with all of his missteps throughout the years, I don't know if George Payton really wants to go down that road again. As for Pat Shermer. I'd advise putting your house on the market and don't buy milk. This is it for you. Because if Drew Locke is your quarterback going the rest of the way and you don't even like him and you continue to continue to line up in three wide receiver sets knowing that is kryptonite for Drew Locke, but you're going to still run it that way, do whatever you got to do. But this this was officially Pat Shermer's last game. When I say officially, I mean he, he will still be there physically. He's still going to give us terse answers at his press conferences. He is still going to be condescending, but he's not going to be condescending much longer. Because if I'm George Payton and John Elway, I'm thinking, what the hell did I just watch offensively? Now, you and I were highly critical, at least I was, when Teddy Bridgewater played in that Browns game. Right? He had a difficult time two days earlier getting off the podium. And this is Vic Fangio who made a comment about John Harbaugh and the Ravens and said, they really don't care about player safety. Well, honestly, Vic, I know you care about keeping your job, but by putting Teddy out there, I know you're not a fan of Drew, but you put Teddy at risk. Now we're dealing with a brain injury. Two of them. One of them sent him to the hospital. I really hope we are not looking at Vic Fangio and calling him a hypocrite. I hope that is not the case. Well, the thing is, he's going to be able to lean on the concussion protocol for whatever decision he makes, right? Say it again. The NFL, the league post-concussion protocol. So if Bridgewater passes through that, that gives him an opportunity to say, well, he passed the protocol. And it's done independently. It's done by neurologists who are not employed by the team. Guys want to get on the field. Exactly. And there are ways to skirt the system. Pass the tests? Yes. Yeah. As Carl Mecklenburg famously said to me many, many years ago, a guy who suffered too many concussions to count, a guy who, when he goes to the airport, has to physically take a picture of where he is parked to this day because of all the concussions he has suffered. He told me this about 10 years ago. And he said to me... Well, I do that too. I, I do as well. I mean, I don't take a picture, but I write down I'm in like 
you know, I'm in G, I'm in 4G. Actually, always. I, I, actually, I, take, I, I, I always take, put a note in my phone. Actually, you know what? I misquoted him. You know what he said to me? I have to park in the same spot every single time. That's what he said to me. Mm. Every time. With that, he said, this is what the concussion protocol was when he played. You'd hold up a number between right, one and three mm-hmm. and always pick two because that was always the number. There are ways to cheat the system. Teddy wants a big contract. He doesn't want to be seen as damaged goods. He wants to prove he's tough, too. That's right. I mean, really, like that's... He doesn't have to prove he's tough. Well, that, well there, really are, there are some people who are still... Look, we, we've discussed the uh, the business decision last week. Those month. people aren't going but to we be also, but writing we've also checks. T- right. The other thing is we've also Please. talked about how he's... Like you mentioned, he was barely able to move before the Browns game insisted on going out there and what he went through... To just to get back on the field after that knee injury that literally nearly led to an amputation of his leg. Okay, he doesn't have to prove his toughness to anybody. No, and he shouldn't. But he may feel like he doesn't, or he may also feel like he's doing it for the team. Drew Locke's words yesterday after the game: "Quote, this is Teddy's team." Unquote. He may feel that he has to push himself out there, and that is where. If there is a scintilla of doubt about his health, then somebody needs to save the player from himself. That's what should have happened before the Browns game. Yes, and we said that. If you really thought these quarterbacks were this close, as you said said they were, then Drew Locke should have started that game in the condition that Teddy Bridgewater was in in terms of his mobility. Plain as day, but they didn't do that. Now, because they're actually, again, it's much different than Carl Mecklenburg's days. There are ways around it. But because there is a protocol, then it's a little, it's a little more difficult to, to get around well, that you, now you know if they what, want though? to play. Teddy was just in the protocol a couple months ago. I'm guessing the questions aren't that different. Well, he walked off the field that day, though, too. I understand. But he knows kind of <laughs> what to expect. Coming up after the break, we'll do a Rocky Mountain Forest product shout-out question to our friends Ty Calcade and Evan from the Just Us Guys podcast. If Bridgewater doesn't play on Sunday or the rest of the season, can Drew Locke do anything to change your mind that he still might be the guy? Also, Shermer or Locke, who are you putting the blame on for the read in which the option wasn't very good? That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. You know, I know you're playing this because we're talking about Drew Locke, the Buzz Lightyear celebration, but whenever I hear this, I think of Woody, and thus I think of Chad Kelly. And a vacuum cleaner hose. By the way, did you see Maybe him? the Broncos need to call Chad Kelly. Did you see him <laughs> go off on social media? Chad Kelly? Went off. 
saying he has been screwed and lied to by NFL teams. I mean, if he hadn't already dug his six-foot grave, he just dug another six feet. I mean, shouldn't he be going to play like in the USFL to try to He's going to be. Put his uh, career back together? He is going to be. Yeah. But he went off on social media. Welcome back, Afternoon oh, yeah, Drive. I'm, yeah, I'm reading this right now. Like, does anyone? It? Yeah, this was December 17th. We need to start asking these people the tough questions. Does anyone really know the true story What that happened in Denver? What happened at minicamp in Green Bay? What I was brought in for by Houston, Buffalo, Green Bay, and Cleveland. I've been lied to so many times to even keep count, so when something doesn't add up, I don't even trip. I just work harder. I got news for you. If, you. if you've been brought in by that many teams, maybe the problem is in the teams. Maybe the common denominator is you. Unless you're Josh Johnson, who has worked for about one-third of the league just because he's so good at learning a scheme and being an emergency quarterback. And that's kept him around on and off for over a decade in the NFL. But it's a little different for Chad Kelly. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending. Presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no-pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda or find them at sthmazda.com. All right, every Monday on the show, we do the Rocky Mountain Forest product shout-out question to our friends Ty Calcade and Evan from the Just Us Guys podcast. So Bridgewater not expected to play on Sunday. Don't know if he's going to play at any time this season. Can Drew Locke do anything to change your mind that he should be considered for the starting job next season? Almost nothing. Again, you have to go by the broader sample size rather than the short-term one. Three games, honestly, I think brings into risk the notion of maybe buying into it a little too much and maybe kind of getting diluted a little bit. I think whatever Drew Locke does is well and good, but this should not deter you from whatever your quarterback plan was in the offseason, which we know is looking for somebody else, either an elite veteran or through the draft. I think you said it. It is a sample size. I say this all the time. Just because you hit a home run doesn't make you a home run hitter. So if you have three games in which you hit a home run in each, Okay, but you haven't hit a home run in however many games. You know, in, in football, you only play 16, now 17 games in a season. How many games has he played in in which he has made a mistake, hasn't looked very good? That's essentially like hitting three home runs in three consecutive games, and you were homerless if you extrapolated out to a baseball season that you have not hit a home run in 100 straight games. You're not a home run hitter. I'm sorry. You're just not. You are because you're sure. just you, you cannot trust a guy. And listen, I have a lot of empathy for Drew Locke. And we'll talk more about this later on the show. I, I do so have do I. I have empathy for him because he he knows what he should do, but his processor isn't processing fast enough to do the right thing. When the pressure is not on him, he knows what to do. When the pressure is on him, he goes back to being a gunslinger and taking too many chances. Guys, what do you think? You go through his career, by the way, and he's started, of course, 18 games, and he's played 21 games in total. And of those 21 games, he has only played three games without turning the ball over at some point. And that's, in this day and age, that's unacceptable. There was a time in the NFL decades ago. Wait, wait, I'm going to go back. You could have have succeeded with that rate, but. 
I want to go back to something. Yeah. So Not now, how many games has he started? 18. How many of those games has he not made a crucial mistake? Well, he's avoided turnovers in three of them. Okay. So, 13. So, in 13 starts, in 13 starts. 18 starts total. Okay. So, now it's 15. So, in 15 starts, he has made a mistake. And everybody's entitled to a mistake, but then again, you have a history. Mm -hmm. So, I said 100 games. We're talking a full season, essentially. Mm-hmm. So basically, you have not hit a home run in essentially 140 straight games, and now you've hit a home run in three consecutive games. Yeah. Sorry. With that, let's talk about that read option play that Pat Shermer called. How much of that do you put on Shermer? How much of that do you put on Locke? I put more on Locke than Shermer. You have to. He's the one who had the option. And the other thing is that play, that's not a play they're using with Teddy Bridgewater. No. That's a play for Drew Locke. That's a play for his skill set going all the way back to when he was playing at Mizzou, specifically under Josh Heupel, then the offensive coordinator. This is something that he's proved to be comfortable with and has had some success with. And Wait, wait, r- wait. Keeping the ball and then running with it? Well, not making that decision, but running the read option. Okay, but... <laughs> But here's the thing. But that decision I, was a poor. That was a poor decision. He's usually done all right. That that was a poor decision. I don't know if you've seen the view from up top in the end zone, but Javante Williams has a huge crease yeah. developing. That knowing Javante Williams and the way he runs could have been, if not a touchdown, getting him down to the two yard line, right to the brink of the goal line, and. He made the wrong call. Now, the interesting thing there is one thing that Drew Locke said last night. We'll talk more about this the, later Not the on. DNA thing, but like, yep. the, is that he goes through the play sheet every week and he notes plays to Pat Shermer and Mike Shula that if he has to go in, he'll, he feels like he can run. And I think to his credit, based on the play calling we saw, it changed after Drew Locke went in there. There were more first three read things. There was first read plays. There was the there was the read option there. Pat Shermer was calling plays that suited Drew Locke. If Locke can't execute them, that's on him. I'll tell you this. <clears throat> I think Pat Shermer has been stubborn with how he has handled Drew Locke, basically saying to him, you need to be able to see the whole field and not just go to your first option. He's trying to teach him how to be a quarterback. Well, with where the Broncos are and their playoff hopes on life support and Shermer trying to keep his job, I think he's going to have to shelve that completely and say, I need to tailor make a game plan. If everything is first read for Drew Locke, then that's what I'm going to need to do in order to save my own job. It's not about the big picture anymore for the Broncos. Yeah. Because if he does not give Locke a game plan that he can handle, and he can't handle a ton. That's the problem. He can't handle a ton. Um, you have to give him everything that he can handle so they can score points. So Shermer looks like a genius. I'll tell you what. Uh, one thing that might hurt a little bit was uh, Andrew Beck is struggling with an elbow injury because one of the things that I think you want to do with Drew Locke is you wanted to have him under center and doing some play fake boots. And that works best when you got an I-formation package and you're using a fullback. In that case, it'd be Andrew Beck. But Beck having an elbow injury, unless they can find a replacement fullback, may take that out of the equation. And that's something that further hurts Drew Locke because we did see 
in the preseason training camp. That's something he can do relatively well is run, play fake boot out of the eye. What do we have coming up on Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed it? Well, if you lack faith in the Broncos like I often do, you might have seen the Bengals result coming. But it has been a very... uh, Very unexpected season for a lot of things week to week in the NFL. Some very shocking outcomes. A couple more yesterday. We'll talk about what the biggest surprise was of NFL Week 15. On the other side, right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman Mason. Watch us, mileisports.com. You can reach us, Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. At Mace Denver, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale loan to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, if you are a business owner, you know how important location is. So you need to work with the team that's going to take care of you, that has experience, and that really is one of the best in the business. Talking about Heather Taylor and her team at Impact Commercial Real Estate. She has a nine-person team. I love the fact that they think out of the box. So whether it's buying, selling, or leasing, Heather Taylor and Impact Commercial Real Estate. That is the firm that you should work with. With that, Heather, how are you? I'm great. Thank you. Well, you and I have talked about it more than a few times that going into 2022, there might be some changes. How can that be a positive for people looking to buy, sell, or lease? Well, I do hope one of the changes would be the construction prices. We've been having a hard time with people being able to build the perfect building for them because construction prices have been so high. So we do hope to see those go down. But in the meantime, we have been helping a lot of people repurpose existing buildings to make it fit their needs so they don't have to deal with those high construction prices. So I do hope that is a positive change coming in the new year. Do you recommend going into 2022 leasing or buying? You know, it really depends on your business model. If somebody has a really strong or high ramp up where they want to open lots of stores or have lots of locations, uh, buying might not be right for them because they won't be able to spread their money as far. But if you're only looking for one location and that perfect location, if you're looking at what you would spend on rent versus owning, definitely owning is better in the long run. There are a lot of realtors out there that feel there's only one way to get a deal done. And if they can't get it done that way, well, just maybe the deal's not going to work out. When I had my real estate license, I felt it was so important to be creative in finding ways to get deals done because, you know, the, the saying goes, not one size fits all. Everybody wears a different type of shoe. Give us a good example where maybe the other broker didn't think the deal was going to work out. And you said, no, 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 no. We're going to find a way to get this done and you got it done. Yeah, well, actually, I'm glad you brought this up. At 5.30 today, I have a very interesting showing. There is a broker. I don't represent the property. There's a broker who has a club, and if you were to Google this address, you would most likely find that it most recently was a swingers club, which did not make it through COVID, surprisingly, (laughs) right? I'm shocked. Um, I know. And so the broker has only been kind of marketing this property to members clubs and stuff like that. 
I'm bringing a Christian elementary school to wow. the property tonight, and I think it's a beautiful property uh, from the outside. We haven't seen inside yet, but I bet it's beautiful on the inside, too, and I think repurposing it for this use could be perfect, and the listing broker hadn't been marketing it to any of that people of that sort, and a lot of people are kind of frustrated with their schools and daycares, so there's a lot of new ones coming out of the woodworks, and I think this is a great school, and it'll be a great location in the end. Well, that is thinking out of the box, because you wouldn't necessarily... Uh, correlate swingers clubs and uh, Christian school for a lot of for a lot of different reasons. Although I am wondering, Heather, because it's a school and there were swingers there before, were you thinking playground and swings? <laughs> sure. Yes. Of course. That's Definitely. that's what I thought. That's <laughs> why people should work with you, not just because there's a play on words, but because yep. you get deals done. How do people get a hold of you, Heather? Um, our office number is 720-608-4201, or you're welcome to email me at heather at impactcommercial.co. Heather, I hope you and your family have a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year. I know we'll talk in 2022, but I hope your new year gets off to a great start, and I'm hoping these swingers are kids on a playground. Yes. Thank you so much. And I hope all your listeners have a great holiday season as well. Thank you, Heather. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Time now for the final word. The final word is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Just in case you missed it, it has certainly been an unpredictable NFL season from week to week. The Lions got their second win of the year yesterday in a uh, shocking fashion. Tom Brady shut out for the third time in his career. So some pretty unexpected results. What week 15 result? Of course, we still have a couple games left of week 15 today and tomorrow. But what week, week 15 result that we've seen so far has been the biggest surprise? Detroit over Arizona. I mean, given given the lineup, we saw the Lions here last week, obviously, but uh, given the lineup they were putting out there, I I was I was shocked not only that Detroit won, but by the magnitude that they did. That was the thing. I mean, they were absolute so, butt kicking. They were so desperate. They did an onside kick, I believe, in the first quarter. That's how confident they were that they were not going to win that game. With that, Tom Brady getting shut out. That is something. And by the way, I'll tell you something so interesting. Uh, do you get ESPN Plus or do you subscribe to ESPN Plus? Yes. Okay. So have you been watching those Man in the Arena documentaries on Tom Brady no. and his career? No, I haven't seen So one. I am watching that while in the background Tom Brady is getting the crap kicked out of him in a Tampa Bay uniform. Getting shut out. Yes. I was like, wow. So I'm watching him win all these Super Bowls. In the documentary, and then I'm watching him get blasted by that Saints defense. Just in case you missed it, the New York Mets are hiring three-time manager of the year, Buck Showalter, as their new manager. With the addition of Showalter, 
and Max Scherzer, who they also brought in in free agency. How many more wins will New York have next season? This year, for perspective, the Mets had 77 wins, only three more than our Colorado Rockies. Well, very rarely does a player pick the manager, but Max Scherzer waxed poetic on how brilliant Buck Showalter was, and suddenly Buck Showalter is now the manager of the Mets. Yeah, and look, there, there will probably be a nice short-term bump here for the, for the Mets by bringing Buck Showalter in. The thing with Scherzer, of course, is to roll the dice because uh, he had arm trouble in the National League Championship Series, which uh, basic, which ended his time out there shortly. He's you know 38 years old. The Mets are very much trying to almost turn back the clock a little bit with both Scherzer, hoping that he can be what he was a few years ago and uh, be what he was before he had a little bit of an arm trouble, and uh, Buck Showalter as well. It's been, you know, Showalter was with the the Orioles for a long time. And Mace, there was one first place finish. Mace, how did it work out for Tony LaRusso with the White Sox this year? It worked out very well. There you go. But Tony LaRusso was also more accomplished than Buck Showalter. I, I mean, one but he's also much older, here, much more set in his ways. Here's the thing that's interesting about Buck Showalter is that with two of his four stops, the teams, he got the team set up for success, but he couldn't push them over the top. Maybe the play here for the Mets is Showalter improves them, but kind of like in Arizona and New York yep. over the Yankees, it's someone else who pushes them over. That's something to think about. That was Mountain High Appliance. Just in case you missed it, you can try out the appliances before you buy them. You can't do that at the big box stores, not to mention when you go into the big box stores. You don't want somebody selling you a refrigerator and a screen protector for your phone. That's not customer service. You want to go to a place where they really understand the appliances, where they can answer all your questions, ask you questions, and make sure you're getting what you want. Go to Mountain High Appliance. You can find them in Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver. Coming up after the break, Drew Locke yesterday talked about his DNA. His DNA as a football player. Is the DNA a good thing or not a good thing? That's next. Baby. 